What if you could buy your happiness? We don't think of it in those terms, and we don't think about that a lot. And we like to think that happiness is something that you can't just get with money. But that's not true necessarily. In fact, you can actually spend money to get a little more happiness in your life. In this episode, we're going to talk about how you can use your resources to create a better life for yourself. Welcome to Adulting, a podcast where we want to adult every day. Download episodes at adulting.tv. Welcome to Adulting. I'm Harlan and I'm here with Miranda. How are you doing, Miranda? I'm doing great because money is going to help solve all my problems today. It's going to uh, make me happy, right? That's fantastic. I, I I hope we can figure out how exactly we can do that because that would make a lot of people happy and it would make a lot of other people not so happy. But we'll try to work all of this out today. We'll figure this out. Can money make you happy? We like to think no and that happiness is something beyond finances. And we sure know a lot of people without money who are happy and people who have a lot of money who are miserable. Therefore, money doesn't buy you happiness, but you can use your resources to find you some kind of happiness. And it's not just as uh, black and white as we like to think it is. Or is it? Well, well, no, I don't think it is. I mean, we have a lot of We've heard a lot of quotes. We've heard a lot about, you know, money isn't going to help you do all these things. And in fact, Democritus, the ancient philosopher, we're talking about pre-Socrates here. uh, He said, happiness resides not in possessions and not in gold. Happiness dwells in the soul. So since ancient times, great thinkers have said that happiness is, is about what you have inside. And to a certain degree, that's true. But kind of the opposing view, perhaps the more cynical view from Albert Camus, who is an early 20th century philosopher, he said, it's a kind of spiritual snobbery that makes people think they can be happy without money. And so there are these kind of two opposing views. And and on the surface, it seems like they're mutually exclusive, but I'm not sure that they are. I think that there's we have this ideal, this idea that money can't buy you love or money can't buy you happiness. But the reality is, in order to find that baseline of happiness and kind of move toward happiness, which may not reside specifically in money, how are you going to work on that self-fulfillment until you actually get to the point of where you have some money? And and I think for that, it's, it's a good idea to start with Maslow's hierarchy of needs to kind of look at how money influences happiness. You've touched on happiness, and and then you mentioned self-fulfillment. And I think those are two very different things. I mean, is happiness something that's only attainable once you hit the top of Maslow's hierarchy, which we we will describe in case you've forgotten your Psych 101 class, how Maslow's hierarchy works, but... Is Where is happiness on this pyramid? Can we be happy when we resolve our basic physiological needs? Or is happiness something that we only see once we've solved all of life's issues and we're totally comfortable with ourselves? 
Uh, yes. <laughs> That's the hard thing, right? Because happiness, I don't think, is a constant state of being. We have highs and lows. We're humans on this human journey and, and having these different experiences. So we're not going to be happy all the time, uh, but we're not going to be sad all the time. But I think one of the things we started when we were talking about Maslow's and we're talking about uh, the hierarchy of needs, right? It starts at the very bottom, the base, your physiological and safety needs. And in a lot of ways, at the very bottom of the pyramid, the basics where you're going to set your base, money makes a difference. In our society today, most of us aren't agriculturalists. We, we don't grow or raise our own food in order to get the sustenance we need. We have to buy food. We have to pay for housing. We have to look for housing in a neighborhood that we consider safe in order to kind of get that baseline going, that place where we can build up. And for these things money is kind of necessary in a lot of ways. And so I think achieving that baseline of subsistence is is that place you start. No, it's not going to make you happy, but at least it's going to start setting the stage. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to really apply it to... I, I think it's hard to apply it to Maslow's hierarchy of needs because you can have your physiological needs met. Let's say you are a pre-teenager in a upper-middle-class house or let's let's go a little older and say you're a teenager maybe you want to get a car and you can't do that cuz you don't have money of your own and your parents say that you need money of your own and i'm just i'm just coming up with an example here that shows that physiological needs isn't necessarily uh satisfied by money i mean you could satisfy those needs and still be dependent on somebody for money and you could be unhappy even while you have those needs met and at the same time you can be happy even with although it's certainly more difficult even when you're struggling and your life is you know your your life is set around meeting those physiological needs having a consistent place to live for example or um, having access to clean water and healthy food there's a certain way to view life in which you can find happiness in in the in the small successes that you may have. So I'm not I'm not convinced that it's completely related to Maslow's hierarchy. Yeah, and, and well, you know, and it's you know not like Maslow's hierarchy is like the most perfect thing ever created. <laughs> but but I just I just think the idea of saying okay, we need to kind of meet these basic needs before we can start building on that does make a little bit of sense. The other thing that's very interesting is they were, you know, on the other end of it saying, well, maybe money isn't the answer to all your problems is a few years ago. And you probably remember this. There was a study that they put out that said the perfect salary for happiness is $75,000 a year. And once you get above that amount, making more money doesn't make you happy. So, and I know that that's not like your most favorite uh, study ever, but I think there are other studies that contradict that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Definitely. But where do you kind of look at that? I mean, how do we draw that line of our own personal, you know, where's our happy factor? You know, where do we, you know, where can we get to the point where making money does make us happy? And, and, you know, what happens when we reach the point where making more money doesn't make us happy? I think there was another study that that pointed out that your absolute salary um, and 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 we're just talking about salary and its relation to happiness here which is a very specific thing if your salary is above your peers and that could be at work or your friends group or whatever it is if 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 you're in a situation where you feel like you're doing 
better than average, then you're more likely to be happy. And if you're in a situation where you feel that you're slagging behind um, the average or that you're frustrated at work because you feel that you should be earning more and you believe everybody else is, you know, everybody else who's, you know, level to, you know, on the same level with you, then you're going to be very frustrated and, and not be happy. But that's that's just one piece of this. That That is, you know, this idea of salary and happiness is just one thing to look at. There are other things to look at. There's There's net worth, you know, and there's things that have nothing to do with money as well. Sometimes it's not really just about money or sometimes it's about how you use the money. So uh, one of the things that I found interesting is the way money can buy you happiness, but it's not by hoarding it or trying to make some sort of status symbol remark. It's more about spending it on others. So there was a study, actually, there's been a couple studies that have been done on this, uh, where people have been given $20 and then you know, told they can either, you know, there's a control group that can spend spends it on themselves, and another group that spend it on others. And it has to be just, you know, whether it's buying somebody a cup of coffee or buying them a nice little present or something like that, they, they have to spend it on somebody else. And they found that people are happier when they spend money on other people rather than spending it on themselves. And then they also have done like a long study about, you know, how people use their windfalls, and how that makes them happy as well. And so there have been a few studies on this that indicate that it's not so much, uh, do you have money? What are you, but what you're doing with that money? Mm, so how happy are you? You know, how happy would someone be if most of their money is just sitting in investments and, and doing well, but not really being used for spending? How does that fall into the uh, equation here? I, I wonder. Yeah, well, I assume it's it doesn't make you as happy as it would if you took some of that money and gave it to charity or spent it on other people. That's my assumption from looking at the research. The research seems to indicate that when you use your money to better other people's lives or just to make them just to show that you care about them, not, not that money is like a measure of how people care about you, but I mean, spending it on other people makes you feel happy. So spending it on other people and maybe how about this uh – experiences versus things approach to spending money. I I think, you know, among all the things that we supposedly have heard through the ages is that you'll be happier if you spend money on experiences rather than things. And I think, uh, I think you and your ex-husband really had an opposite approach. And I I don't think that's necessarily a blanket statement that spending on experiences results in happiness more than spending on things. You know, I, I think it comes down to like personal preference and what you value. Yeah, they, they talk about that a lot, you know, spend money on experiences and you'll be a happier ah, person. The infamous but some, they. The infamous they, yeah, I know. <laughs> but I think that it really depends on who you are and what matters most to you. Um, my ex-husband loves things. He likes to have interesting things around him. He enjoys, and and maybe it ties back to a different kind of experience. Honestly, he likes to have the big screen TV and the HBO Go so that he can watch his favorite shows and kind of stay at home and have those experiences at home because he doesn't like the inconvenience that comes with major travel. And he liked collecting action figures. He liked having them around him. He liked looking at them. It was a reminder of (laughs) <laughs> you know, I'm going to buy all of the ones from this series or, or whatever. 
to him, that was very fulfilling and he liked it and it made him happy to do it. So that's a little different. I personally like to travel or I like to read or I like to go out to eat uh, or I like to go to the spa. So these kinds of experiences. And when I can't travel or do any of those things, I like to read to kind of do it vicariously. So I think it really depends on your own personality and what matters to you. I don't think there's has to be one is better than the other. Yeah. And I think the key is just to think about this and evaluate and see what makes you and try to determine what, what really makes you happy so that you can focus your resources as much as you can, because of course we can't constantly do what we want to make us happy. Uh, sometimes we have to make other people happy. Sometimes we have to realize that maybe there's no decision that is going to, in any particular circumstance, you have to make a choice and neither choice is going to make you happier per se. Is, is happiness even a worthwhile goal? Does it even make sense? I, I think that for a lot of people who Going back to Maslow's hierarchy, maybe this is where it applies. If if you are able to get towards the top of that, then you're in a much better position to seek out happiness in your life. Otherwise, you're just trying to seek out survival. Oh, yeah, for sure. And and I like your point of saying like, well, is happiness really the goal here? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that it is. I, I know that for me personally, if you look at my life map, I'm like, I want to live with passion and purpose. That doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to be happy all the time. And it doesn't mean that like my own happiness is my ultimate goal here. I mean, sometimes, sometimes the purpose that you're working for is really difficult and not a lot of fun. <laughs> but, <laughs> but at least you can feel good. And I think that goes into what you're kind of touched on a little bit earlier is money as a resource. You know, it's not necessarily your end goal, but it can be a tool to help you kind of create the lifestyle you want. You know, a lot of the time we talk about, well, I want to hit this number, or I want to be a millionaire or a billionaire, or I want to have this pile of money that I can leave to my kids. I want none of those things personally, and uh, nothing against you if you do. But personally, I, I like to think of it as a tool. It's something that I can use to help me as I work on things that add meaning to my life. Sure. And I know that's exactly the approach that I took when, you know, as I've been writing about money for, for a long time, just like you have. And it, it has always been about how to use money as a tool. Money is not the end goal. You don't want to set up your life or just your your mindset in such a way that you know your ultimate goal is to have a bank account or have uh, have a net worth that is a fig a certain figure. So what's the whole point of that? What's the purpose of having money in the bank? What do you want to do with it? How do you want to affect people around you? How do you what do you want to do with your life? You know, once you don't have to worry about money, and uh, what kind of impact do you want to have on the world, if any? Hopefully, some kind of impact. Everybody does have have some kind of impact, uh, but some people have a purposeful impact, and they they know exactly what they'd like to do and how they'd like to affect the world around them, and that's more important. I feel, than just having a, a money-based goal. And will it lead to happiness? I mean, I, you know, if, if we're, that's what we're talking about today. And sometimes you don't hit those goals, right? I mean, we, we all want to, well, for those of us who want to make a big difference in the world, sometimes we end up making a smaller difference in the world or not recognizing the difference that we do make while we're in search of a different difference. 
<laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, well, uh, and yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> happiness is you know for me, I think it's along the journey, and and as long as you're you have a journey that makes sense, and you're on a path that makes sense for you, and maybe it's enjoyable, but at least it's a little fulfilling, and maybe it'll get to you to where you want to go. Maybe it won't, but at least it'll be worthwhile as you're doing it. I, th- I think that is one way to look at life and just be happy with where you are. Sometimes it's really about the journey. And, you know, if money can help you along that way, and and you figure out what you want to happen on that journey, or at least the general direction you want to go, even if what you want to happen doesn't come to pass. But at least the general direction you want to go and figuring out, okay, how does how does money help me get there? And do I even need money to help me get there? Sometimes you might not need as much money to get where you think you're going or to at least start that way. Right. And and a lot of us look at money, we are always comparing our money to other people's money. And even in this, this world of financial writing that we've been in, where, you know, I, I started, I started my website originally because I wanted to track my finances month to month, right? And I was putting up these reports that said exactly what my money situation, and it was all anonymous, so I didn't have to worry about a future boss finding this information and using it against me or or even just friends finding out it was all anonymous. So, but here I am tracking my finances and there there were other people who started tracking their finances online and that engendered this, you know, comparison where we would look at and see how everybody's doing either from an absolute standpoint where all right, his net worth is $20,000, his is the negative $50,000, his is $200 and here's everybody in a list. So let's compare them. And it's that comparison that can really cause stress and is can be demotivating to people. I mean, there's no one who who compares. With, yeah, I mean, you're always comparing apples and oranges whenever you compare people. And we've got studies that show if you're in your 20s, this should be the amount of money you have. If you're in your 30s, this should be the amount of money that you have. And all that really does is creates a lot of stress. And it's unnecessary because there's no map for, for every person. And it's going to be different. And I guess there are some people who could be motivated by that, but I think I think it causes stress and a reduction in happiness to have those types of comparisons. Yeah, so really, I guess the key to using money for happiness is to figure out what you want with your life and how, how it's going to work out and then stop comparing yourself to others and, and assuming that you're doing it wrong or that you have to do it differently or that you have to be like somebody else. Yeah, I th- we are all our own individual people, and we all have our own path to follow and to stumble on and to find different paths. But but no one can really dictate what we should be or or should shouldn't be doing, or where we should be or where we shouldn't be. And I think that's where we get the most tripped up when it comes to money and happiness is is comparing ourselves to others or feeling that we have to. We get a case of the should shoulds. <laughs> I should have this. I should have two cars, or I should, you know, like you were saying, I should have X number of dollars saved up by now. Uh, once we get tripped up there, it it does start to become very frustrating and difficult to enjoy life. Yeah, and early on we had a video on YouTube. Stop comparing yourself to other people. I think it, you know it came from an early podcast that we put together, and and it's really important because not only does it help your finances to just forget this whole idea of a benchmark that you have to live up to, but but it also increases your happiness, and that that is one way to 
you know, use the concept of money in that let's forget about what we should or shouldn't do according to other people with our money and focus on what we get out of money and that leads to happiness. So I think that's a nice uh, that's a nice way to bring it around to what we're talking about today in in you know in search of happiness. Yeah, so now we've decided we're going to get happy and we're going to use our money to do that. <laughs> what are some of the things that we need to do first? What are our do nows? The first thing is to think about how you have a relationship with money. What is your relationship with money? Is it positive? Does it cause you stress? And write down some words that you think of when you hear the word money. Do some word association with money, cash, and dollar bills. What does it bring to mind whenever somebody talks about money? Does it make you uncomfortable? And write down these words, write down these feelings, and that is going to help you understand exactly where you are right now. And perhaps you'll see that some of these are negative and you have to move these to something positive. And that's going to help you figure out how your money situation can lead you to happiness a little bit. And then the next is a little more concrete. It's, you know, take a look at your spending for the last two months. Chances are you can take a look at your credit card bill, your bank statement, whatever it is. Take a look at the spending for the last few months. Look down at where you've spent your money, what you've been spending on, and notice the patterns. And how do you feel about what you've spent money on? A lot of the time, we don't like our financial situation. We feel like we're being stressed for money. We don't have enough money. Uh, and then we go back. And this happened to me, actually, uh, several years ago, a long, long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. I was very upset about you know the money situation. I was stressed about the money situation. And I was just frustrated and hated the thought of money. And I sat down and I looked at my spending and I realized that I had a house full of stuff, a whole pile of stuff none of it was stuff I even cared about or really liked. And I know I didn't, I didn't need it. And I didn't even, it wasn't even making me happy to look at. Like, I just didn't like it. I didn't want it. Why was I buying it? And so I think looking at those things and trying to find patterns and pinpointing the things that you're spending money on that you don't care about can help you then cut those things from your spending and then move forward and spend money on things that you do care about. Yeah, and it's important that when we talk about taking a look at your spending, you're actually writing this down or putting it into a computer program like Quicken or Excel or just a pen and paper. It's more than just taking a look. It's it's writing it down. It's getting a feel for it. When you write something, especially when you write with your hand and not just type it into a computer, write something with your hand, it internalizes what it is that you're writing in such a deeper way than any other way of typing or reading or observing. The act of writing will help a whole lot. Take a look at your spending, but also write it down so you know exactly and you have it down and you can look at it and you can turn back to it. Aside from that, determine what things in your life and what types of decisions and what types of purchases or the use of your money or, you know, whether it's investments or, or where you're keeping your money. If anything is giving you a negative feeling, take note of that. Write that down, too, and then make a plan to change it. Um, if you are just getting frustrated dealing with your bank, for example, you need to create a plan to move your money from one bank to another. And it used to be that that just involved closing one account and then opening it, taking your money and opening an account somewhere else. But of course, now with everything being electronically linked, there's usually a little bit more work for you to do. So you do need a plan and write that plan down. And that's just one example. Find out what other th things in your life are causing you stress 
especially those that are money related and make make a plan, write down a plan to change that situation. Yeah, for sure. And we do have a listener question. It says, I feel like I don't make enough money and it stresses me out. Do you have any ideas on ways I can earn more money and fix my finances so I'm happier? Okay, well, you know, we we talked a little bit about this at the beginning where we said that if you don't make as much money as you think you're supposed to based on people around you, then you're not going to be happy. So it's not a finite amount of money that in general people need. It is just something relative to the people around you and it should be higher for you to feel happy at least with your financial situation. So for this listener, goal is to be happy here. He or she says, do you have any ideas on ways I can earn more money and fix my finances so I'm happier? Happier, being happier is the end goal. And uh, this listener believes that uh, earning more money and fixing finances is the way to get there. So based on that, which we will take at face value, you know, I, I think first of all, the question is, what is enough money? Is it an issue where you're not making, you're not able to pay all of your bills and your expenses? What makes it not enough? That's going to be the key to figuring out what to do. Because if you are meeting all of your bills, but you're just not able to save, then maybe there are some extra ways to add some work into your life or some take on some additional work to increase your income. You know, if you don't have that kind of flexibility, it could involve, you know, negotiating a raise. And we have podcasts about that. So you can look into that. And fixing your finances, again, that's a general thing, but there's a lot of things you can do to fix your finances. It sounds like you're paying attention, so that's really the first step. Tracking is the next step, and you know, being able to see over the course of time what you're doing and how it, you know, how, what you're spending on and how it has an effect on your finances. I think if it all comes down to happiness, you, you have to recognize everything that's going well in the situation that you have, and perhaps you have a lot more than other people. And sometimes realizing that will help you find that happiness as well. Yeah, I think that's a, a really good point that, you know, it starts by figuring out, you know, why am I not making, you know, why do I feel like I need more money? And then kind of going from there. And, and you know, and, and as Harlan pointed out, there are a lot of side hustle opportunities out there and ways that you can make money either from negotiating a raise or starting a side hustle. But in the end, it is important that you pinpoint what would be enough and why you're not there yet and kind of trying to figure that out and realizing too that the main reason you're not happy is because you don't have the same stuff that so-and-so down the street has, then that could be a problem. And that's maybe something to kind of examine a little bit closer. Yeah, absolutely. So if you have any questions, you can ask us at adulting.tv slash ask. We're happy to answer any questions from listeners or readers, either on the podcast as we do or on a video or have a we'll bring a special guest in if it's something that might work for that. And uh, we have lots of articles on our website as well as at, at adulting.tv. Right. And don't forget to join us in the adulting Facebook community. Share your stories. Let us know how you feel about money and what you like to use your money on and whether it makes you happy. So come and check us out on the adulting community on Facebook, hashtag adulting. And don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. We're also on Stitcher. That way you can listen to all the episodes and once again, engage with us. And don't forget to check out adulting.tv for articles and videos. And of course, the podcast. And until next time, remember to behave like a grown-up.
Thank you for listening to Adulting. Find resources for this episode or download other episodes at adulting.tv.